Welcome back to the Bottom Background Podcast. Um, the reason why we made you listen to that ridiculously long opening sequence uh, of sounds from the My Bloody Valentine 3D movie is because we just sat through an hour and 40 minutes of practically bullshit. So we wanted you to have a taste of exactly what we just sat through. And uh, our opening was inspired by uh, the most ridiculous wrestling openers. And, uh, yeah. and well, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely... Uh, that's what I was inspired by when I did yeah. it. But also, you know, just the, the overacting, the over-enunciating that is present throughout all of My Bloody Valentine 3D. The no Canadian accents. No, no Canadian accents, no. The, it's uh, the 2008-9... I, I think it actually was 2009 um, remake of My Bloody Valentine, which we... Uh, watched and reviewed in our last podcast episode, and so we thought that it was only fair to take on the remake, which, when I saw it in theaters in 2009, I really hated. Like, seriously hated. I, I, we, we could even, I could even pull up my review of it to, to tell you just how scathing of a review I gave it. We'll read that in a little while, maybe. Um, but yeah, so I really and hated I, it. I say, I did not see it because when I saw the trailer for it, I knew it looked like <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and you were not swayed <laughs> at all when you saw the trailer for it. So, um, which that, which that man, that when we talk about that pickaxe throw, that was like trailer made. Oh yeah, that's like, just yeah, like, definitely. It's like we got to have this I, in there for the trailer cuz how else are we going to try to get people to watch this movie cuz it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um but yeah, this was Martin's first time seeing the remake My Bloody Valentine. He saw the original one which you were really, you know, you, you it was like you were lukewarm on that one. It was lukewarm, but after watching this it makes me really appreciate uh, appreciate like, appreciate like what, yeah. what there was which, in that yeah, movie. Which um you know, it's not really fair to do that kind of comparison type thing. You know, like, no, yeah. It's but not. at the same time, like being human, I can't, I can't, can't, I can't help but like, man, well, like, be like, man, yeah. And I think that you know, when you have a remake like this, there is some inevitable comparisons to it because you have to wonder why they're remaking it. Like, what's the point in doing it? Oh uh, well, I'll tell you why. It's a horror movie franchise. Cash cow. Easy money. There you go. Hollywood loves remaking horror films because they have name recognition. Uh, people recognize them. Yeah. And, you know, so it's easy money. And, yeah, and I mean, and this was, like, right around this, the time when, like, all of the, the slash. Well, no, like, kind of like, kind of like, kind of like, like the, 
near the beginning. It wasn't like the first, like Halloween came before, but this is even before Friday the 13th and yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, when you think about it, it's kind of, kind of odd that you would see, like, this get remade before, like, uh, Friday the 13th or A Nightmare. Yeah. It's, it's because those are two huge franchises. Yeah. And, Definitely. And hell, you know, I guess for, like, slasher films, I guess you can... Uh, you're more the expert. I'm the novice. Uh, you would say probably if there was like a trinity of series, it'd be Friday Thirteenth, Halloween, Halloween, and Nightmare. Yep. So to see this kind of get remade before, like you know, because New Line Cinema was all about that easy money shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so to see, you know, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you can't. In some ways, you can't really blame them because they did have a really difficult road throughout their early years. I mean, they they definitely got the shaft on more than one occasion. Um, when in their when they were starting out, so I mean I can kind of see where they're coming from to make that easy money, but yeah, you're right. Uh, New Line definitely is looking for that sort of, and, and Lionsgate too. I mean they're like two two sides of the same coin. Um, but yeah, I mean this was the time when they were all coming out. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, in 2010. Um, I think Friday the 13th. I'm gonna do a quick search here. I think that was 2009 as well. Uh, yep. Uh, so, I mean, you had those that were all coming out around the same time to cash in on the franchises, and for the most part, I didn't really like any of them. I didn't like any of them. I, I didn't well, like... I, I was I told you earlier, I haven't seen the remake of yeah. Friday, and I haven't seen the remake of uh, Nightmare. You would like to keep it that way. I yeah, cause I, well, especially after when Friday the 13th, <laughs> when they announced, like, Michael Bay's producing this. Like, nope. Fuck that. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 Just... So I, th- I think we'll cut into our uh, our uh, first discussion of um, my Bloody Valentine 3D though to uh, to talk about the beer that we're drinking today because it is my uh, it is not my <laughs> it's my bloody blood and black rum podcast today and um, we've had a couple things that we've we've tried so well we can talk uh, you want to talk first about beer fest didn't we do that last time no because that was before the podcast it. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. It has been two weeks. Yeah. That's right. We talked about how we were, we're going, going to it, and now, we talked about our experiences beforehand. Now, now we're back. Honestly, I think this was one of the most enjoyable beer fests I've been to. I would say, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, which I thought was funny too, because um, before we went there, you said we're going to go for all new beers. We're not trying anything old. We're going to go for new brands. So no fucking Sam Adams this time. What was one of the first beers you got? Sam Adams. You got the Belgian White Nitro. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, I had to try it. Because Belgian White Nitro is, a, uh, is, is their new one in the in the nitro cans. Because they got that, the coffee style, and the IPA. And I will say that it was it was definitely creamy. I mean, it was a creamy Belgian White. Um, Didn't make me want it though. Yeah, I rather have I rather have a regular Belgian White. Leader. I don't think I would go out of my way to just like buy it. The only one I'm curious to try is the coffee stout. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, because they don't really have anything like the coffee stout. They no. don't. That's that's like a different thing. That, they don't really they have, have like a stout in general. Yeah, like they they used yeah. to, but now like ever since the whole IPA craze, they yeah. you know kind of abandoned like darker beers like that. And, yeah, I mean, so that was I mean, I would say I did still go for something that I wouldn't normally have because I haven't seen it anywhere around here. I haven't seen any of those nitro beers anywhere. Have you? Yeah, uh, you, yeah, no, at um the mobile. Oh, uh, the do Mayfield. they? Yeah, I they, mean, you, they you do a lot more IPA. shopping around it than I do. I, I don't really. I, I go from work well, no. to home. Well, I was going to say, now that Jenny Bach is out, which if you didn't know, Jenny Bach's out. out, and it's finally hit our area, I've been stocking up on the 12-packs, because um, 
Uh, at Wal- our local Walmart, they only they sell the twelve packs for five sixty. That is a ridiculous deal. I don't know, because they sell like the regular Jenny twelve packs of like mm-hmm. regular and cream ale there. Yeah, for like six fifty. Why the Jenny Bog there is only like five sixty? I have no idea. Hmm. Like I'm tempted to go hit like ask somebody in the back room <laughs> like, like is hey, misprice. Well, no, no, I don't care about that. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, you got like a. Uh, you know, five cases back there. I want like want to bring my buddy's truck up and we'll load it in the back. But but no, the, a beer fest was fun. Um, we the the great thing about it was this year there was a lot of um. Usually when we go, because this is our fourth time going to this local uh, Saratoga beer fest. Usually each brewer that's there, and there's like fifty different brewers there. All they have is either their strongest IPAs or like their strongest stout. They had, like, a good balance of, like, different styles of beer there. And, like, one of them was, which was a beer style I never even heard of, and that was the goes. Then, like, there was a few of them, actually, there that had uh, that as a style. And it was just really, you know, really... Yeah. It's cool trying. I mean, I would never buy it because it tastes like vinegar, but... Yep. You don't really have any thoughts on that? Was no. It? No? I don't really have any... <laughs> no, not really. I don't really have that many thoughts on it. Um... What? And to be honest with you, I, I wasn't paying that much. <laughs> I wasn't paying that much attention. I was, uh, I was reading something else here for a second to get ready for for post post beer shenanigans. But admiring your own reviews. No, actually, I'm thinking you. about how terrible this is back in 2009. How this was like in the early stages of the blog, so I was really just still forming my. Actually, yeah, 2009 was like probably the second, maybe maybe the second year. Of, I had been doing it for maybe a year. So no, yeah, it's pretty. Like a year, yeah, like maybe before, an, maybe like, a year. One of the first films that you did, I made you review Cowboy Bebop the movie. Yeah, that was like a and, year before and, that. And so, like maybe a year, uh, you know, I, I think that it's definitely lacking. Like I hadn't formed my own voice uh, of how to do a review, and it's more like a jokey style. So that's what I was thinking of. Sorry, uh, but getting off track. Yeah, still talking about the, uh, the beer Club fest. Review? No, no, it's way it's it's worse than Latoya Ferguson's who I brought up. <laughs> Previously, it, this one is worse. Uh, my new writing is not as bad. So if you're, you know, looking to go to the Moon is Dead World, it's, it's definitely a solid place to go. <laughs> I definitely give it five stars. So <laughs> check it out, Moon is Dead World. No, but getting back to the beer fest, um, we did try a lot of beers that we would never normally try. I mean, we we got uh, a Sculpin from. Uh, Ballast uh, Point. Ballast, Ballast Point, which is, like, They're ridiculously great. expensive normally, so we try it which they had, we can. Because we had, we reviewed before the Habanero Sculpin, which I successfully gave those away. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, like I said, I not, still have one. Not, still not, have not, one. not that I didn't like it, but, like, I was, like, people that I kind of knew, knew who liked beer, I'm like, here, try this beer. Yeah, like, yeah it's not cause, like, yeah. Because it'd be something I'd be sitting on forever, like, because I'm never going to be in the mood to, like, try it. But they did have their uh, pineapple IPA, which is their sculpin, and I like that. That was really refreshing. That like uh, kind of an interesting take. Um, the big new thing with IPAs is either they're nitroing them or adding, making them kind of tro- more tropically, which means either adding more hops or grapefruit. Yep. Because um, Sam Adams just came out with a grapefruit IPA, which we re- reviewed before, but there's a bunch of other brewers too that are trying to start uh, a grapefruit IPA. Which I, I do like the style, but it's, you know, it's another IPA. It's yeah. Like they're running out of colors of the rainbow to turn their IPAs into, so they got to try different fruits and who the hell knows, but. Yeah. But yeah, a ton of IPAs there. 
Uh, like if you ever have like a chance, like in, uh, to get one to one of the like like a local like beer fest, like where yeah. they just have like a bunch of vendors there that who uh, who, who puts those on? Um, um, I actually just got a, a email from them. I'll check right now because it's uh, let's see, America's on tap, America yeah. on tap, America puts those on. So if you ever, yeah, if you ever see one, they always do a really good job. Uh, always get like local, uh, local places to help out. Um, with like food, with the food and and. Like giving out pretzels for good causes, donations, and things like that. So, which, um, as I say, um, we had, you know, um, they don't, you, because if you, even if you don't like beer, there are ciders there. Lots of ciders this year. Um, yeah, definitely a lot. They have, there's always good food there that you can, like, you know, like, yeah. A couple years ago, we got, like, some pulled pork sandwiches there, which are delicious. And, yep. Um, because, uh, this coffee brand is local to where we are. Death Wish was there, which you they might have seen that on the, uh, uh Super Bowl. For their advertisement. Yeah, they were there again, yep. and their coffee's really good, and yep. it's a good chance for me to drink it, because uh, I'm not buying that shit. The bags of coffee are, are I, I mean, I wouldn't say overpriced, because it's really, for a local for a local coffee uh, house like that, it's, I'm sure it's really expensive to import those beans. Yeah. So, I mean, not overpriced where you're like, wow, I, I can't believe it's this, this much, much, but it's, it's very expensive. It's, yeah, it's more just... Uh, it's more than, like, you would just go out and buy, like, a whole bean coffee. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, one of the things I, I wanted to bring up though, is that there were a, um, a lot more, uh, uh big a, brands. Well, yeah, a lot more big brands. They um, had a, they had a whole set, uh, space dedicated to Guinness and their nitro IPA, which blew my mind. Cause, cause the whole point of the beer, beer fest is supposed to be craft beers. Right. And some of like, they technically aren't craft beers, but they kind of, they yeah. still are. They're like Blue yeah. Moon or Shock Top, you know. It, that's fine, but like Guinness was there, and it's like, yep, Guinness what, was, it's Guinness like, was what there. What the fuck are you doing there? Like, Blue Moon's there. They had like their peach ale there, I think, right? But, yeah, that that especially the Guinness one that just blew my mind. It was, one yeah. of the, it was one of the first places to see, and they had like the big sign for their nitro IPA, and yeah, I just wanted to tell people like, don't go there. It's it's a, it's a trap, like. <laughs> Oh, did you try their Blondale? That's eh, trap too. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up though. Is that there were a ton of ghost beers there? Yeah, I already mentioned that. I that's I I still want. I, did you? I, maybe I wasn't yeah. paying attention. Yeah, when you said you weren't paying attention, I, I said we. I, I said we, yeah, there was ghost beers. There. Oh, I've never okay. heard of it this before. Is, okay, that's and what I it said was, it then. tasted like vinegar, and I was like, "What'd you think about that?" I go, oh, "I had no thoughts on that." <laughs> well, you actually did have thoughts <laughs> on that, Ben. I, I was uh, not paying attention. Caught me in a, caught, like, in a school moment there. Like, huh, Mr. Barber? <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, the, the ghost beers were there. Uh, like, I'm not a huge fan of them, really. Well, I, 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 can, I can, well, that's why I wanted to try them there. Because I've ne- I've seen them out, obviously, but I've never, I I'm never been. courageous enough to be like, sure, I'll take a ghost. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get something that I know that I want to drink. Rather than something that I'm like. If on, you know, or else I'm going to get a flight of it or something like that. Like, I'll put a ghost in there. But, yeah, they're super tart and just, and fruity. And, like, to me, it's very vinegary. Well, yeah, it kind of is. Like, it like, reminds me of drinking straight vinegar. But, like, Easter egg dye yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked it, though. Not, I, that, I, not I, that I hated it. Yeah. Usually, I, like... You, but you think about like getting a pint of it. I definitely don't no. think I could do that. No, I definitely I don't think I could. I and they, and they say too, they were saying like it's like for like a refreshing summer day. It's like no, nope, mm, no, thank you. Not really. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a cream like ale, a shandy, or a, yeah, yeah. I I'd rather take like a Jenny cream ale yeah. and like cool myself off or like you know, yeah, nice shandy. No thanks. Yeah, and like I don't. 
I mean... Not a Hefeweizen, though. Yeah, I don't think I could do, like... Well, unless it's, like, a um, one of the other fruity ones that's not banana. Because they are making some different Hefeweizens that's, like, a blood orange Hefeweizen. I would definitely do that instead of a, of a banana one. But Outside of Harpoon's UFO series, I really... Yeah. I don't want I don't want to bark up that tree anymore. <laughs> well, I would... Yeah, I would only buy them if it specifically said, like, blood orange Hefeweizen. Or raspberry. Cause, yeah, because if it says just Hefeweizen on it, I am not going to take that chance that it's fucking banana in there. Did you ever try Sam's Hefeweizen? Yeah, I have before. The, the coastal weed? Yeah, and I believe that was, like, one of the first times I'd ever have a Hefeweizen. I was like, whoa, Hefeweizen, what's this? You know, I was taking it, and I was like, I, and I fucking hate banana. I hate banana all the time. I, I keep trying it. I keep trying banana and, like, flavors and stuff to see if I like it. I want to like it, but I ne- I can't. I can't like see, it. See, I'm picky about bananas, like, when, to the fruit. I like them. <laughs> to the fruit! Yeah, to, the, to the fruit. To the fruit. Because um, most people like them when they're really ripe and, like, kind of mushy. Like, yeah. I like them when they're still kind of green, like, because yeah. they're... Uh, no, I can't. Because it's, it's, it's a texture thing. It so is a texture thing for me, when too. Because when they're harder, it's better, and they're yeah. more bitter. But when they're... Maybe I could eat them when they're harder like that, because I... I yeah, I, I have but, the ripe ones. But I was saying, like, mm, bananas, like, no, for me, like, I have, like, like a one to two day window where, like, they're <laughs> optimal for... You eat them. Yeah. But, other than that, like, but then, like, when it comes to, like, fake banana taste, it's, yeah. like, disgusting. And so, like, one of the like greatest... One of those- Banana chiclet things, that yeah, they, you know those candies, yeah, Ugh. or like jo- like a Jolly Rancher fake, yeah, mm. Ugh, disgusting, popsicles, yeah. But one of the first Hefeweizens I had was Saranax, and I remember drinking it because this is the first summer pack I ever bought. It was right like when I turned twenty one, mm-hmm. and I was drinking the Saranax Hefeweizen, and I was like, "Yeah, this isn't good. This isn't bad." But I'm like, "Man, like this has like a funky taste to it. I can't quite put my finger on it." And this is back when they used to have six in a pack, so they had two of the Hefeweizen. And I started drinking the second one, I'm like, man, that taste is really familiar. I don't like it. What the hell is that taste? And as soon as I got halfway through that beer, I'm like, son of a bitch, this tastes like fake banana. Yep. And sure enough, that's, you know, look up, like, Hefeweizen, supposed to make it free. Banana. Beer. And then at one, like, at, like a month later, I bought Saranac's Coastal Wheat, because I didn't know what it was. I, in their description, didn't really say what it was, and I same thing happened. I was drinking it, like... Man, this tastes really familiar. What's this taste like? And then I got like halfway through. I looked up on like Beer Advocate. It's like half a vice. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, we got to get back on topic a little bit here. We got to talk about what we're drinking tonight right now because we're almost 20 minutes in. And I mean, I don't anticipate us saying a ton of things about my bloody Valentine in 3D. <laughs> I mean, unless we really get off topic on how much we do hate it, which I maybe that could happen. I mean, we could we could probably go another hour on that, but um. Tonight, uh, Martin brought over Guinness in cans, and normally we wouldn't go out of our way to get a Guinness in a bottle or a can or anything like that, unless it's like the foreign stout, because uh, honestly, we think Guinness is like watered down uh, stouts be, now. Used, used, yeah, yeah, I was saying, it used to be one of my favorite beers, but like now it's just like... Well, like, I feel like it's been in the in recent years that it's been it's changed. I think like ever since they came out with that fucking black lager... It's just been downhill. Because when they came out with the Black Lager, like, I used to love Guinness. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it tasted great, and I loved it. And then they came out with the Black Lager. I bought it, and I was like, it's not, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. I'd rather drink, like, a Saranac Black Forest. That's a really good Schwartz beer. The Black Lager's nothing like it. And then, like, just as, like, kind of, like, each time a Guinness tries something new, like, I try it, and it's like, new. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, when they came out with the American Blondale, it's like, ugh. Yep. No, that Nitro IPA. 
Uh, nope. Sorry. That they came out with like uh, what they called I think the like holiday. A, the holiday. Oh, the generous ale. Yeah, the generous ale. Oh my god. Terrible. Yeah, figs and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, allspice. Yeah. Um, that terrible. Um, and like the I told you once, but you never tried it. it was like the Rockback Fire Guinness. No, I never. Which had was that. just basically Guinness Light. It tasted down like tasted like an even more watered yeah. Guinness. Um, but I mean, like outside of like. The extra stout and yeah, the, the foreign, extra and the foreign, and the foreign. Yeah. It's just Guinness is kind of just you know very like, watery, like no mouth feel to it. It's just not very thick or hearty or anything like a stout should be. Like you think of like yeah, when it's not even like a, even with the nitro. It's not even that creamy, really. It's not. And I, do you think that it's just because I think it has to do kind of with like with like the can and and the and bottle. Because, I mean, on tap, it, I mean, it's not much yeah. better, but, like, it's still... Yeah, it's a little bit better. It's still better, but, I mean... But, I mean, do you think it's, like, that we just had more stouts, and so it does seem like it's worse, or do you think it actually did get worse? I think it might be both. I think it might be both both as well. I think we've had, a really like, really good stouts previously. Like, that one coffee stout that I had... At the beer, at, at beer yeah, fest, yeah. Well, at, no, not even at beer fest, but at Project Twenty Nine at the local bar here. Oh yeah, it was it, really it, good. Was it the Adirondack one? No, what? No, it wasn't Adirondack. I I forget oh. who made it, but yeah, no, um, like that was really good, very hearty, very thick and creamy. Um, but when you taste like a Guinness, I I feel like if you took them side by side and you took a, a sip of both, you would definitely see that like the Guinness is so much waterier, and even and the taste of it is just not strong. It's it's basically. Now that you think about it, I mean, when you think about it, it's like the butt of stouts. It's yeah, like, basically. You know, it's yeah, like, it is. Yeah. Like, if you had to make a stout kind of an appealing beer to your typical American Bud Light drinker... That would be it. That, that would be it. That, that would be it. Yeah. Even, like, Young's Chocolate Stout or anything like that is, like, a is like a commodity in comparison to, like, the Guinness. Oh, even, Young's yeah. is delicious, I know. though. Um, but anyway, the reason why uh, Martin picked this up for drinking purposes is not because of the Guinness inside of it, but because of the can itself, which is a throwback retro can. Um, I'm not sure if it's an actual design that was uh, originally on a a Guinness can, um, but it's a collectible can that uh, features the toucan that Guinness is known for with uh, a couple of uh, pints of Guinness on top of its beak. And it's really an awesome can. I, I love the simplicity of it, the simplicity of, like, the just the Guinness draw on it, um, that they use the word draw is really nice on there, too. Um, just in big red letters. Well, they usually do, but it's usually, like, in Yeah, yeah, it's in smaller letters. This one is just, like, a simple Guinness draw, just listed right there. I, I do like that. It's a, it does say that it was celebrating the famed Guinness campaigns of the 30s and 50s, so it's possible that they did actually use this as a... As a design at one point, maybe this is an updated version of it, but I really do like the can. It's a nice classic can. Uh, you're a collector of certain cans and things like that, so, yeah, so you, do, you do hang on to them. So, yeah, so I, I, yeah, you one, did pick it up. The one that I did have earlier, I kept for myself because it does look really nice. I like I, yeah. the whole the whole reason why I got it. it wasn't even craving again. It's I saw it at Target and I was like, gotta have it. God, I'm like, I'm like I even want it, but I, I gotta <laughs> buy it because yeah. I'm like, well, I'm a sucker for that shit. And you have a Corona Extra. Ugh. Don't say it. It's not that bad. <laughs> we had tacos the other night. My wife was craving Corona. 
um, because she's more of a light beer drinker, and so Corona appeals to her. She likes the lime flavor. She likes fruity flavors in her beer. So I went out and picked up some Corona. And I, I honestly, i got to say, I don't mind the cerveza. I don't mind it. Mm. I don't mind Corona. I don't mind Dos Equis. Mm. Um, any kind of cerveza, I, I just, I like the difference in flavors of it. Yeah. I mean, what don't you like about it, though, really? It's, it's, like, does it have a skunky flavor to you? No, no, it's not. Because, no, it doesn't have, like, a skunky flavor. I mean, like, I Heineken. see similarities more... to, like, like Stella and uh, other, like, like you know, foreign... I wouldn't say Stella. I do. I think so. I'd say like, m- other foreign lagers. I'd say m- more a bud. No, it yeah. definitely has, like, the skunkier no, flavors. No, because when I was drinking it, I was, all I was thinking was it tastes like a no, bud. Like a bud heavy or a bud light? A bud heavy. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe so. I haven't had a ton of bud heavies, but bud light, I would definitely say. Well, no, not bud yeah. light. But, but I, I do like it, and you got a lime in it, so you're okay. Well, yeah, if it's got a lime in it, it's, it's passable, but if it's... I think you're being hard on it. No, well, like yeah, I said, one of the things I have a problem with is, like, for the most part... I know you got it for twelve ninety nine, but yeah. most places well, don't sell it for twelve ninety nine. I definitely wouldn't get it for like seventeen ninety nine. Yeah, most places sell it for like seventeen ninety nine, yeah, fifteen no ninety nine. I would never no. fucking. It's like the same with Heineken. I can tolerate Heineken, but would I ever pay that much for a fucking twelve pack? No, God no, 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 no. So I mean, that's that's probably half the problem I have with Corona. I mean, yeah, I'll never the, go the out price of, range. I'll never go. Dosakis is the same way. Well, no, I know. It's ridiculous. But things. I don't really care for Dosakis either. Yeah. I mean, if, actually, what about I, the amber. Do you like the amber one? I never tried it actually. Oh, it's pretty good. But um, no, actually, no, I did. I, I like we were at Hody's that one time when he bought it. Um, but, no, 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 the, uh, no, no, that wasn't, uh, uh that, was that was, yeah, that was Heineken Dark, <laughs> um, which was pretty good, but not good for a summer day, <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I would never buy it, but I, if somebody is like, here, have a beer, and they gave me a Corona with a lime, and I'm, I'm not gonna be like, no, yeah, you give me something, gave me a Bud Light, you, you give me, like, yeah, okay, too. it's, Say probably silently in my head like you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you asshole. Who the hell? You think kinda, you are? Well, that's what I was no, thinking. Like you lost. That, that's what I was thinking on the Yankee Trails bus when we were coming yeah. back from the Yankee games, and we got you know the Subway sandwiches, and they're handing out beers to the people who could drink. Like they had Bud Heavy, Bud Light, or Bush, and they're passing back Bud Lights. Like no, no, you give me a Bush. I'll I'll drink a Bush first before I drink a Bud Light. And the one time I was like so hot and like had like dehydrated, and all they had left were Bud Light. And you're like, just drink a Bud Light. You need, like, some fluids in you. are like, nope, I'm going to have heat stroke instead. Rather have heat stroke. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> All right, we got to get to the film. we gotta, we got to get to it. So My Bloody Valentine 3D. Um, I, I think I'll start out with not the whole review of my, my tear, but, I mean, it's really not a good review. I've been looking it over. My review on the Moon's Dead World, when I, it was, early, you know, my early days, it's not a good review, but I think I'll start out with a line that Makes me laugh. I still think it's pretty good. I think it's. I think it sums up my bloody Valentine pretty well. It goes. <clears throat> if my bloody Valentine had just gone the straight satire route, pointing out all of the humorous slasher cliches, it would have fared better. But the plot tries to move the viewer emotionally, and all it got for me was a fart and a. P- <laughs> I think that sums it up pretty well, don't you? Uh, it didn't get a fart for me, so it was just probably. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't even worth pushing out some ass gas for that. Huh? Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's hard to find a place to start with this film because 
Actually, I mean, the film itself has a hard time finding a place to start. It starts out, what you commented, as what seems like the end of the film. Because it starts out ten years earlier, which would put us in, like, 1998. Which you you, you guessed. I mean, you were right on. We didn't. We I think we were talking, and we didn't actually see the you know whatever pop up on screen that said the actual year. I don't think it did. Did it not? Maybe no, it didn't. Maybe it didn't. I don't think it did. I think until like after that all Maybe happened, they do, they, they do the whole ten years. Yeah. Later, but but um, so like you called it. You were like, "What are we in 1998 with all these this uh, 90s wear?" Yeah, everyone's like the hairstyles and like the clothes they were wearing. I'm like, when like when was this movie made? 19 because like I said. I'm pretty sure, and if we're wrong, you could say, but I did not see, like, a, you know, like, 1998 uh, type of thing. I was, it's only yeah. until after the whole uh, scene ends where it's, it says 10 years later, but yeah. it was like, this film looks like, what, was this made, like, after I Know What You Did Last Summer or something, or Urban Legend? Yeah. And and you were right. You called it 1998, I would, I would say. Um, so it starts out then, and... The, all the teens are partying in the mine, just like in My Bloody Valentine, the original. And because when you're from a small town, where, are you where do you go? Yeah. Where do you go to drink? For us, it's down by the lake or a cornfield. Or a cor- <laughs> yeah, or a cornfield. And for them, apparently, in a mining community, you go down to the mine because no police officers patrolling an active mine or anything like that. I know. So they don't um, have a basement to go to. Or- <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Nobody's abandoned house. Uh, a mine, like, and especially because the way it looked like, like a coal mine. Nothing better than having, like, a bonfire by, like, at a coal mine. You got yeah. a fun and fuel source to keep your fire going and while you're drinking your not moose head. Yeah, whatever they were drinking. You looked, said Miller Lite. Or a highlight, I mean. Yeah, it looked like a highlight, but you could, they did, like... And I they, think they purposely kind of uh, obscured the label so you can't see it. Yeah, yeah they probably didn't have moose head. Yeah, yeah, the only the only product placement here was Uts and Honeycomb. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Uts, I don't mind. Uh, that my dad sells Uts, so they can do product placement all they want. You'll see it in Orange is New Black and all other kinds. I think they just have some like marketing scheme going on with Hollywood it, films. Well, it's, so. it's a. So, yeah, subversive because you don't yeah. you don't see commercials like like you do like for Lay's or something. Yeah, no. So it's like, hey, we're gonna, yeah, we're just gonna sneak. put you in the background there, and, and so people are like, oh, what are they eating? Oh, oh it's odds, it's odds. But um, yeah, so it starts out like that, and and teens get killed, and and you would think like it's the end of the movie. The final yeah, no, girl like, makes it out. That uh, actually some teams make it out, not just one, but like multiple. I know, but the way out. they like killed off people like that quick in the beginning, and like gory just, and violent. Yeah, yeah it's like, like well. Psh- Film's over. Yeah, let's just get it. We're, we're in and we're out. You, you don't ever, like, what fil- like slasher film do you ever see start off with, like... Well, more prominently now, yeah. Definitely now, like, you'll see those early kill. I mean, in the old slashers, you might have gotten, like, one kill that would really lead it in. Well, like, the original, yeah. with, like, the one chick. Yeah, with, you, you, know. you get, like, one. But you don't get, like, an entire massacre. Yeah, you don't get, like, in the you, first, you don't have, like, a ten-person ten body count, like... Yeah, before they even show the titles title card, you know. But, um, yeah, and, and and that's really how My Bloody Valentine goes throughout its whole thing. It's um, a mess of, like, over-the-top gore effects and really pandering to the 3D format. Uh, <laughs> I got a grin that elicited a groan from you. Um, the gore is awful, and, like, the novelty of the 3D... We didn't see it in 3D. No. I can't see 3D. You can't see 3D. So, 
Like, but you can see how it would have been. I know, I, I know how it would have been, but, like, films that are made specifically for 3D, mm-hmm. they're never gonna hold up. Because they, as technology is always gonna get better. Maybe Spy Kids 3D today is not gonna be as good as when I saw it on, <laughs> like, uh, Jaws, in the drive-in. Or Jaws 3D. I mean, that was uh, never going to be good. <laughs> Jaws 3D was never going to be good. Spy Kids 3D was I disagree. I disagree. Robert Rodriguez knows what he's doing. Oh, well, I don't think he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh... But just, like, yeah. just, just like the, the whole idea is that it's a gimmick. I mean, yeah, you go into the film knowing, like, this is a gimmicky film. And not only that, but, like, a film like this is meant only to be seen... In 3D, at the theater, yeah, or a drive. Well, well, I mean, this DVD is in 3D. But I know, but how many? Pe- I know, but how many people are like? If you were, if you even if you did have like the technology with your TV and the yeah. glasses, are you going to sit down for, like to watch a movie and be like, well, hold on, let me put the 3D settings on my TV and find the fucking glasses to watch this film in 3D? This is the, still the red and green 3D because it was pre 3D television. Yeah. So yeah, this is just like put on your glasses and fucking. Watch with your glasses on. I don't have the glasses. I think I bought it at like when Video World or something was going out of business. So, so I got it. At, I, so it probably had glasses with it. And I don't have them. Um, but yeah, again, like imagine, rent, imagine, I say, imagine renting the movie and be like, "Hey, can you give me the glasses so I can see three D." I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. I mean, that was those were the times, man. Those were the times. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. Blockbuster still a thing. Yeah, but oh, Blockbuster. Sorry, <laughs> and that was probably the time when Blockbuster was like trying to do their Redbox shit, right? I would yeah. say. Yeah, just, yeah. But I mean, like I said, but even still, like, would you like? So the film is designed basically just to be seen in the theater. Yeah, yeah. So and even then, I caught it in two D because you went to the theater that didn't have. 3D. Yeah, right. It doesn't have three D, but. I think I remember even asking them. I was like, I, I actually wrote a whole post about it on my blog too, because you can see right here at the beginning of my film. I said, "All right." So I, as I explained in my last post, my theater was not offering my bloody Valentine 3D. In well, 3D. if you weren't such a cheap bastard, if you drove 15 minutes the other way, you yeah. could see it in 3D. Yeah, I mean, I was under. Well, at this time, like 3D wasn't a huge thing. Like movies weren't routinely and, uh, coming and, uh, out. In yeah, 3D. not everything was. So it was like. At that time, you were like, oh, it says it's in 3D. I'm going to go to my theater, and they're going to have it in 3D. As it went along, you kind of realized, like, oh, my local, like, shit movie theater is probably not going to have this in 3D. <laughs> and I think I even remember asking them, and I was like, oh, great. You know, it's in 3D. Um, and they didn't give me glasses, and I was like, oh, well, maybe it doesn't require glasses anymore. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they got new technology where it doesn't. it's not red and green anymore. And so I was, like, walking in ready for it to be 3D, and nope. No 3D, and I just was like... See, it's funny, because wow. when I went to go see Star Trek Into Darkness, they had a 2D showing and a 3D showing, and I we went there, our friend Matt and I, and we went there, and I specifically asked, but this is the 2D version, right? Like, no, we're only having it in 3D right now, and I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> so that movie, which it was... was like 16 bucks. So it was like $16, yeah. and I knew going there was gonna be a bad remake of Wrath of Khan, and... Having to sit there, having a headache, basically watching it in fucking three D. Because, like I said, I can't, you can't really see. It, I can't see that. I can't see three D. It's all blurry. So like it's, it's all blurry. Yeah. So like, if I, don't, I'm not sitting there wearing the glasses because yeah. it's just pointless. I don't want to wear them on top of my other glasses. So I'm just sitting there like, 
I got it by the end of the film, and it's a two and a half hour long film. Like, I got a fucking headache. This is this is ridiculous. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, watching a 3D movie when you have it's in 3D, but you you're like for whatever reason you don't have the glasses is terrible. I mean, we started my bloody Valentine because the disc. It comes with a flip disc, which I don't even think they do those anymore. I don't think they even make no. DVDs that you flip no. over and it's got the movie on both sides. I don't think they do that really anymore. But this one has the... Uh, and obviously, I didn't upgrade to Blu-ray because I fucking hate this movie. I, I actually <laughs> just trying to sell this in a garage sale. That's how much I don't like it. But... Um, you hear yeah, that? So, I was say, you hear that, people? We almost did not review this yeah. film because it almost... Gets... I barely couldn't find it. Um, but... So... Yeah, we put it in on the wrong side, and it was in 3D, and you could barely... I mean, it's, like, annoyingly... Watch it. Yeah, no. It's you, annoyingly, yeah. like, blurry, and, yeah, it's yeah, terrible. You know, the double picture. And... The one movie that I did see in 3D in theaters that I think was really good was uh, Disney's A Christmas Carol, the Jim Carrey version, which is the animated version of it, like, done by the same people who did the Polar Express, but not as boring and sleep. You don't like the, no, I the, hate the movie Polar. about Tom Hanks on a train? As the man? Yeah, basically, it's like, Tom Hanks <laughs> as everyone, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, no, I don't like the Polar Express at all. It's got Josh Groban's voice in it, and I'm totally <laughs> opposed to that, so I don't need to see it. I'd rather listen to Groban than Buble. No, I definitely rather listen to Michael Bublé, and, and I don't like either one of them. But I rather I rather listen to somebody going like you know, like Michael Bolton instead of instead of instead of I because I can't I don't really like big band music. So listening to fucking Bublé like chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping. I totally disagree. I definitely would take Michael Bublé any day. Josh Groban's like. Long twenty-second <laughs> vocal solo makes my balls curl inside myself. So, well, you have no taste then. No, you have no taste because at least with Michael Bublé, you can pretend that it's Will Ferrell as Robert Bublé. Or something. <laughs> I mean, you can at least pretend that. But like with, <laughs> with Josh Groban, you're just stuck with like a guy in a semi-soprano voice, just like hauling Do, away, doing doing a Michael Bolton impression. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Like, but a really, really cheesy. Uh, well, no, Michael, Michael Bolton's really, really cheesy, cheesy, so I can't really say that. But uh, just in a different, like, more Christian way, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. It is. That's Josh Groban. I hear he's a really funny guy, and he has been in a couple movies, and he's pretty he's pretty good in the movies itself. It's when he's singing that I'm just like, Ugh. D. Reynolds on uh, It's Always Sunny Loves Groban. She's a Grobanite. Really? Yeah. I think Josh Groban's a little too good for her. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, haven't you seen what they did to, like, Father, uh, or what's his name there? Uh, Rickety Cricket. Rickety Cricket. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> So I I think that <laughs> I know you know, I, I definitely you finally think, you finally got to the episode of the Ricky D. Oh yeah, I think they would definitely break down Josh Groban. <laughs> you know that that would be something that he just couldn't survive. Well, I'm proud that you the, finally got to the, the dirtiness. Of, to, to, yeah, we're in like season four, I think, and then we're watching a new season too. So. Oh yeah, wait, wait, wait till Rickety Cricket keeps showing up. It's yeah, like, oh, he does. Yeah, he's he's been in a few episodes. So um, I got all the I traded that cocaine man for awesome. Bongos! Yeah, just to see that. That's like me when I get drunk. I mean, that's what I would do, too. I'd trade my beer for bongos or something when I'm drunk. Um, Alright, yeah, so 3D, we talked about. I mean, definitely, you can see 
within the film, like where it's supposed to be three D. If you, even if you're not watching it in three D, you can tell where the three D. I mean, it's it, like blatantly obvious. Yeah, it's like this is the three D. Like you know, the, from the first eye pop to the like like the like I said, the trailer shot, of the pickaxe being thrown yeah. like, slows down. It's like this was obviously supposed to be the pickaxe coming towards you. Yeah, you know. And um, unfortunately, I, for whatever reason, they didn't make like the flopping tits into 3D. I, you couldn't really tell that those were coming at your face. I mean, those are what you really want to see coming at your face for most for most people, women well, too. Well, would, would you really want her? I mean, she was having sex with a what looked like a meth-headed, <laughs> dealing, bald-headed, goatee-wearing neo-Nazi. <laughs> What he poor like. guy. Yeah, poor guy. That's probably his. I mean, that's his whole persona. He's that's probably like the guy that he plays in movies, like just like a really the stereotypical, really quick, yeah. yeah, like a quick uh, bit part, bit part of like neo Nazi guy. That's his name in the credits, like neo Nazi guy played by Vic. Xander. He's not even playing a neo Nazi. He's actually a, like a Bible salesman, but it's like yeah. he just looks like a neo Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you like. Shows up at their door and is like, no, 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 I, I, I don't want to be in the KKK. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's probably, that's probably, I, I don't really know what, anything else that he's been in. I've never seen him before. I think he was, I don't think I in this movie. Like you said, you were asking how much you, they, they paid that chick to be naked, like completely naked. Yeah, running no, through, they're, they're running through a yeah, truck stop yeah. motel. Full, full frontal, which. Full frontal. Which I actually know full body, really. Which was, which everything. was, which was not, how did this not, movie not get an X? Oh, God, no, no. Full frontal is pretty much accepted now. Uh, the, At least the, with landing strip. Like, the, the MP, the moosh. Have you seen the documentary on the MPA? No, but, but here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. If you've got full frontal, like, Women, vaginal, like I mean, no, I know, I know, I know. Vagina is not really. No, I know, but if it's, a, I know, obviously, if it's a dick, it gets an axe. It's a dick, you which, get an axe, which is like, stu- which is stupid. But like, my whole point is like, just because it's not like it's like a quick, like a quick flash of it. No, it's, it's like the whole time. Yeah, the whole time, like she's but in there. The landing strip looks classy, so they're like, we'll pass it. You know what I mean? I, I see, we'll pass it. See, that's where like the whole like rain. Well, it's not like she fell over and her whole like vag was hanging out. You just get like the kind of V shape. It's almost like looking at like a Barbie doll that has like nothing there. Well, if it was a Blu-ray, you get to see it in all its glorious detail. Yeah, because we we had the DVD copy. Yeah, we couldn't see it all, and it wasn't in 3D. Couldn't couldn't feel the hairs brushing my face. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're asking but how much you how much she got paid for that. You were like, you said like seventy five thousand. That's like. Way over budget for this. I'm I'm guessing they they said we'll give you five thousand dollars. Like, sure, this is probably the only. I don't even know who it was. Let's see, because this is probably like one of the only movies that she's been in. What was her name? Like I read. she's got fourth thir- fourth credit Bet- on this. Bet- Betsy Betsy Rue. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? She always is naked. Because I've seen Lucky Bastard. That's where she plays a porn star on, like, a webcam series, and she's naked in that. Yeah. So, like, that's her shtick. That's, like, what she does. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she was She was on iCarly? Yeah. She was on (laughs) iCarly. The the wholesome Nickelodeon sitcom. See, and, like, I wouldn't be... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, she was in, like, the Bear Wench Project or something. (laughs) Is that that porn? Uh, It's, like, softcore. Like, a... The uh, Blair Witch Project, like... Obviously, it's the... Spin-off. <laughs> you know. But, yeah, it's like softcore. 
where a bunch of women with huge tits run around. She doesn't really have that huge tits. So she's probably not in that one. <laughs> no. But yeah, she did. I like I said, I think I think that the the landing strip was like, oh, you know, that's pretty eh, it's classy. But well, she's a producer too. Mm, got produ- production credits. Yeah, but like I said, I, I honestly, I think that's pretty much a given for like these types of films. So they're like, we'll give you five thousand dollars to like be in this for a second and and get your head sliced, and then she's like, sure, why not? Yeah. That, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not judging. Her. No, no. I'm, 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 I'm just saying. Like, we need people like that. <laughs> <laughs> the horror genre needs you. If you're willing, <laughs> contacts any low budget producer. It's like if only if, if only Jamie Lee Curtis back yeah. in the day was willing to do such things. Well, she did do like uh, True Lies and stuff. No, I know, but I mean, like, even more so. Like her like, floppy boobs are in that. Like, like I'm saying, like her. Yeah, like, yeah. Taking it to the to the the nineties level. Like, yeah. But, so. So you got that, um, but is that the only memorable? That's, that's it. The only memor- I, can't, I honestly can't remember the rest of the movie. I you, just you have to see boobs boobs flopping around. Uh, you get to see boobs that are like split apart when in the like the opening kill scene. Um, you get to see lots of them just like running in in bras and stuff like that, right? Because our our main character Sarah, played by Jamie King, she, is she uh, really the main character? No. I'd say this film has no main character. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd say Tom is our main character, basically. I mean, he's the one that the film follows. He's which the, is, the pro the pro antagonist. Well, I think that's... I mean, I think that's, like, a big problem with My Bloody Valentine is that it doesn't follow anybody really closely. You don't care about anybody. You, you're you often given just, like, snippets of scenes with different people. So you get a scene with Axel as he's fucking a girl because that's apparently important to, to what not. nothing it's not but it but it's supposed to <laughs> that, set in that, motion that, that, that idea that, that oh man he's like he's like you know pop maybe the killer yeah, yeah he's maybe the killer he's, he's committing which which fidelities which if you did if you haven't seen this film and you're interested this film is one of those like it's a whodunit yeah it's a i was about to say it's a whodunit like who's the killer like could it be this person or could it be that person which is our, our, I mean, that's mostly like the slasher formula, but this one doesn't even have any POV shots. No point of view shots. Well, it's, from like, the it's, perspective, it's really. not even like it, that it's like stereotypical. It's just done so bad. It's like, spoiler alert, you know who it is. Not only do you know who it is, the payoff's not worth it. It, it builds up to nothing. Nope. And you don't give a shit by the, you know. Yeah, you don't really like any of the characters, like you said. Nobody no in this film any. is. That's why I said there's like no main character because yeah. what doesn't follow a lot of people, like somebody specifically. Like it's not. I wouldn't say this film is like Sarah's journey and like her story. It's, no, she's just a part of this story. Yeah, she just serves the story. And not only that, but like every character that's in this film is fucking unlikable as all hell. There's not a single person in this movie that I'd be like, yeah, I like that guy. At least with my the original My Bloody Valentine, I really like the movie, but the main character I kind of like because he's, he's got that really thick Canadian accent. It's <laughs> not a reason to like the main character. That's just the guy. That's the actor. You like the actor. You like the actor. I know, but accent. that's but his. That's what made him kind of likable because it's like it makes it's like to me it's just like oh him going like this, you know, talk about you know get away from her and all that, you know. 
makes enjoyable. And the guy with the mustache, I can't remember his name. <laughs> the guy with the mustache. Not even a big part of the film at all. It's just the guy. But he's but he's likable. He's likable because his entire time throughout the film, he's happy. He's not an asshole. You would say, yeah, he's, he, and he's like a voice of he's, reason. He's kind of like one of the Snow White and Seven Dwarfs dwarfs. You, you know Just one I mean? of the random like, ones. Like, yeah. like Sleepy Doc yeah. and Bashful. Yeah. It's like, yo, which one's that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's at least... Okay. At least there's somebody that but, you can root for. Yeah. No, not like... I'm not saying like, oh, he's like the guy with the mustache. The key reason why the original is great. No, I'm saying... I don't remember his name... But you you can remember you remember him yeah you can and and you can like him yeah. and I think that well, the original film and this one f- film too which I um, was talking to you about earlier in the film is this film has a problem that I have with films is where they say a person's name like once in the film and expect you to fucking remember it throughout the entire film I'm not good with names to begin with yeah. So for them to be like, well, this guy's Axel, this guy's Tommy, and that's it, and like Sarah, and you hear with their name like maybe once or twice throughout the film, and, and when you're this unlikable and you're this uncharismatic and you have no personality, I'm not gonna remember anything fucking about you because yeah. there's nothing to you. It's like, so who is that? Like, so it's like, well, who's the killer? Tom. Okay, I barely remember him his name being spoken throughout the entire film. So, yeah, but I mean. And that and that's a problem. That's a big problem in this film. Yeah, you can't relate to the characters. There's nobody in particular that they're following. They're unlikable and they're very un. You know, they're not memorable. Yep. And you didn't like Sarah, our final girl, basically. No, because she doesn't do anything. Yeah, she sucks. She really does. There's that one scene where they're both, you know, both her and Megan are in the uh, stock room, break room, wherever that is in the grocery store. They're trying to get out the window as as Harry Warden, the minor guy, is coming through the door. And then all of a sudden, you know, Megan gets pulled out the window and killed. And then she stands there for a little while. She's like, what the fuck do and then she hits the security then alarm. Then she hits the security which alarm. Which that, that pissed me off. Which they had around the alarm, and like, this is how low rent of a grocery store she runs. Instead of like having like a box, like you know, like open for emergencies. Yeah, like that you would for like a fire alarm or something. Yeah. On the wall, written in fucking permanent <laughs> sharpie marker as "Do not touch." So I should probably write that, like, oh, we're getting, like, you know, it's the alarm for the building, but I can't touch it because on the wall there's marker written on it that says, do not touch. But, like, when a friend gets dragged out the window and killed off screen, like, oh, shit, maybe I should hit the alarm. better touch. Yeah, it's the same thing that happens when she's in the mine and she's contemplating whether she should shoot Tom, who is the killer, and really, I guess that's a spoiler for a movie from, like, seven years ago. It's not a spoiler. From seven years ago. If you don't figure it out, who it is watching yeah. the film? But right? um, so she's wondering whether to shoot Tom as he she's as he's stabbing her husband Axel with a pickaxe, and literally he's standing there with the pickaxe inside Axel, and just not shooting him, <laughs> not shooting, not shooting. All she had to do was like because when he's run like, up to him from behind, from behind, and just style. yeah, just like. Gestapo him, is Gestapo his ass, like yeah. But but, but she's just sitting there like oh no. But, but no, she actually waits until he drops Axel, runs away down the mine, and then shoots him. Yeah, and to miss because she's an expert fucking marksman. She she's been hitting, she's been hitting the gun range after he, yeah. <laughs> after work, but yeah, I agree. 
Sarah sucks. She's terrible. She's a terrible final girl. And it definitely seems like, you know, My Bloody Valentine, she, it wanted to adhere to some of the slasher formulas. And really, it's a very generic, yeah, very generic film. But at the same time, it doesn't do them very well. It doesn't do any of those does conventions well. It does nothing <laughs> well. <laughs> Martin actually turned to me during the movie and he's like, I think this is the worst film I've ever seen. And, and I think it was like 20 minutes in. It was just like, just after like we meet Tom. After it's been 10 years later, he's like, I don't think I can make it through this. I don't think I can make it through this film. He gets up and gets a beer. He's like, I'm going to need one of these. Because so, this film, it, like I said, the it, it's not the worst like technically sound film. But no, not by a long shot. No. But the biggest cardinal sin, I think, to anything that's involved in the form of entertainment mm-hmm. is being boring. Yeah, in this especially film, in this case because this is supposed to be an action-packed yeah. film, and it's it, very violent, and it, and it is. That's it this, is, yeah. and that's the weird thing. This film does have a lot of like action gore. and gore and violence, in it. but this film is fucking boring. I can't even stress that enough. Like how boring this film is. The original My Bloody Valentine is. Shorter, I think it's only like an hour and twenty five, right? Yeah, probably around. And this one's an hour forty. Yeah, this is like a hundred minutes. Yeah. Um, this the original My Bloody Valentine compared to this one is much slower paced. It's more plotting. It takes its time. It builds up to things. This one has a lot of action and a lot of like we said in the beginning, like the first fifteen minutes are like killing people off left and right that you don't even know, getting their body count up. And the, I would say the first, like, five minutes of the original, which is, like, a lot of nothing going on, is more entertaining this because this one is, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. There's no explanation. And it's just... And you can see the, you see the ending coming, so there's no tension to yeah. it. I mean, there's literally a part where Tom and the minor are, like, face-to-face with each other, but in a cage between them, and they stand up as mirror images. And it's like... I don't, I thought I think that's supposed to just be menacing, but really just immediately gives it away. Well, that, like, no, that, the in the beginning, well, in the, in the beginning too, when he like, because he's in the beginning, Tom's the one that survives him and Sarah and Axel yeah, are the so three like, are the three that survive Harry Warden's murdering in the mines and Irene and and Irene and he's the one that actually witnesses Harry getting shot because Harry's about to kill him. Right, and, and you see him, like, shaking and trembling and you, as they fade, like, away from it, you can hear, like, the voices, like, kind of being muffled and whatnot as if it's his mind internalizing what's going on. It's That right there is already, like, the dead giveaway. Yeah, like, he like, is going to be yeah, your killer. And, and normally when you have that with a movie and you have a killer, it's like, that turns out to be not the person... Yeah, that is. The you're killer. supposed to. You're supposed to be let. Like usually, a good film would be like that. Like that'd be like your lead on. Like you're gonna think this is the person, and then they're gonna throw clues and whatnot that could be this person or that person. But it's still mainly this yeah. person, and then like you have like a twist that might catch you off guard. This like, well, they really wanted you to think it was Axel for whatever reason. Because, he has no reason. Yeah, though. because infidelity equals. Gonna kill people. Like, 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 he may not have been happy with being married to his wife. Or a great person. Or a great person, but he had no reason to be like, oh, I'm gonna be running yeah, around murdering no, Yeah, there's no reason for it. And the, at the same time, the film immediately calls attention to the fact that Irene was killed. As in, like, this isn't just a random killing. They're going after a certain person. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, and Tom's why, the and Tom's the yeah. one that just blew in the town. Yeah. And like, why? So why would he have any reason to kill this Irene person who he doesn't even know? I mean, he literally no, he knows. Axel wasn't he there at the beginning of the? Oh yeah, I guess he was. Right? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, wasn't yeah. it him? At, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It was him. But I mean, really. It's, he was, uh, he was yeah, the one with the, yeah, beat, that's the beanie. That's right. Your stereotypical late 90s like beanie. Yeah, that's right. He did have the beanie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, see, he's that unmemorable. Well, like I said, that's the entire cast, though. Like, yeah. Nobody in this film is memorable. You're not walking away like, man, that Sarah's a modern-day Sidney Prescott. No, but she did get <laughs> the initial attempts to make Axel into, like, Dewey. Yeah, no, he looked totally like he was supposed to be doing Especially in that a opening dude, scene yeah, where you see him bag. on like, the camera. Yeah. He's kind of like brushing his hair. And, and disheveled. But, yeah. But, this, but then as soon as he talks, like, fucking this is ridiculous and fucking bullshit. And it's like, wow. you That's not Dewey. Yeah, that's not Dewey. Dewey's so much more chivalrous. And personable. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, did you see the... Uh, well, actually, let, let me go back first before we do that. So, you said it's boring. Mm-hmm. It, but it is really, you know, violent and gory. The, I think the thing that we see as boring is that it's, like, so violent and gory that it's, like, overdone and over the top to the point where every kill with a pickaxe is basically the same. It's, like, put it through their head. There's, like, and, there's and like 15, you know, like, 15 <laughs> kills with, like, so We, did, we didn't keep count of the body count. No. But, there, know, but there is a high, very high body count yeah. in this film. Um... But you're no, you're right. Because like, almost all the, yeah. to like the the same kind of kills where they get struck in the head mm-hmm. with a pickaxe, right? Yeah, in some type of sh- fashion. Or like, this time with their mouth. Like, or... This time he's swinging forehand. Yeah. This time he's swinging it's like, it's backhand. Like a tennis match. Like, <laughs> this time, back and forth. Oh, this time he's using his foot to put the pickaxe. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's in their head. Yeah. But I mean, not only that, I think part of the problem I have with when it comes to the the violence in the film is that one, it's all CGI. Yeah, and, and that jaw scene and, where Tom Atkins gets his Tom Atkins genre veteran, who do, really does nothing in this film at all, which is unfortunate unfortunate for him. But yeah, that jaw scene where he gets his jaw ripped off with the pickaxe, horrible. But horrible it's not, it's not, like, CGI. I, mean, I mean, but it's not just that. It's like all this the gore scenes in this film, blood spurts, and are CGI, and I think much, yeah. that is damning because I think. Especially, especially with a horror film, a film that you do not want to have any CGI in, you want to squeeze as much practical effects, no matter how bad they are practically, you want to do it that way because part of making a horror film scary is, is making the realism. Of yeah, it? is making if you know, as I've said before, if you know what you don't show is sometimes more impactful on the viewer because leaving it up to the imagination is worse. But if you're going to show. You gotta make those effects of, like, people getting impaled and killed as realistic as possible because we, especially today with modern human eye, can spot a CGI effect from a mile away. And you can spot, and, like, every time, like, somebody gets killed, like, oh, that's just, that's just, you know, CGI blood. Oh, that's just the same sound effect they've used for every time somebody's head gets railed through a pike. Yeah, when you think of, like, the jaw scene, especially, like, Done practically, you could have some really like nasty, nasty, disturbing imagery with that. Even and if then it's not even, even do the jaw ripping, you can yeah. just show him like 
stabbing it and right in with it, yeah, and like, then just cut away. And that still has the same effect, better effect than seeing a Jago flying th- across the room. It's well, the whole point, stupid. the whole point with flying is because of that fucking three D. Yeah. But, but that I mean that's my point. Like it's like you don't have to go like over, over the top, full Monty for like the practical effects. You can show a little bit and get away with it because you're showing like you know if you show. A the pickaxe going through like a prosthetic like chin or something like that, and sh- like showing like the act- like blood and stuff like that. Practically, that is a lot more impactful yeah. than the CGI like you know and over top over the topness. Even if like the if they did that practically and it's over the top, like yeah, it can be it will come off maybe as cheesy and cheap, but like there's still that realness to it. It yeah. connects the viewer and to the violence that they're watching. I think we do see that at least once in the film when he actually has the pickaxe on the ground and he's shoving the guy towards it. There, That is a practical effect that we see, like kind of the dummy puppet getting mm. shoved onto the pickaxe. Probably one of the better scenes uh, when they don't really rely on the CGI itself but actually a practical effect to, to get that uh, across. But the uh, the other stuff it really just relies on the CGI 3D to to get it, you know, so that it, there's it, they're actually making use of the 3D, and that's just a, a huge flaw for this film. Like just and like I said, I know I don't like comparisons, but just think of the effects in this film, compare them to the original film, yep. and the cut content like kill scenes that we were able yeah. to watch, and like just how much better that is as like a viewer. Yep, it's it's literally night and day. Yeah, and I think that's you know it's one of the damning things, especially about like just modern horror. Like if you want to scare people and make like what they're watching feel real to them, you got to make it look real and doing it like because like it's one of the things like if you were to watch, I know the budgets were two totally different things, but if you were to watch Day of the Dead and then watch. Survival of the Dead. Yeah. Day of the Dead had the practical effects. Had great practical effects. And what, like, you know, like when you got to see Rhodes getting, you know, torn alive and like his entrails ripped out and all the gore in that. It's all done practically by the great Tom Savini. Looks amazing and it connects you to the film. Then you see like Survival of the Dead, another George Romero film. And you see the CGI blood and the CGI fire on the guy, the zombie's head and shit. Like, you're not like, oh, that's a cool effect. You're like, oh, that would hurt. You're like, oh, that looks stupid. Yeah. And th- that's like how this film compares to yeah. like, the original. You definitely film. take the risk yeah. of having that, like, sort of like taking the viewer right out of it because your effect is so bad. I mean, you, like with fire, you can only simulate that so much with CGI uh, until it looks like it's someone like took fake like, fire. A, yeah. yeah, a P, like. It's like Photoshop, doing a bad Photoshop, because you can tell that it's not really even, I think top. even if you had something like... Even if, like, ILM was doing, like, the fucking CGI effects for this, it still wouldn't work. Yeah. Because it's just, again, like, there's a certain level of realness mm-hmm. that you need to connect. And, like, as great as, like, Industrial Light and Magic is, if they were to, like, do the effects on, like, a horror film, it may look as, like, realistic and top-notch as possible, but you'll still be able to spot, like, that doesn't look quite as yeah, it doesn't look right and real. Yeah. So, it's, like I said, it's only magnified mm-hmm. by the fact that it's done really cheaply in this film. Yeah. 
Um, we talked a little bit when we were watching the movie about the sound effects too, which I have a surround sound system and I don't really, I don't think it was coming. I don't think it was in the side speakers. Was it? It was probably only 2.0. It was coming out of the, the uh, front speaker. And then we had the subwoofer as well. And so like pretty much every scene has some sort of droning, like synth, Hans Zimmer inception noises. Like a very heavy bass drone that sounds like, you know, Skrillex is going to come out and just start (laughs) dropping some beats down. Um, And that's that's something that we see a lot in, like, newer films. Not just horror, but action movies and stuff like that. It's just, like, really, really relying on the sustained drone notes and, like, heavy bass sounds to kind of impact the viewer. Well, that's the big thing about the modern trailer, too, is the constant, Yeah, you know, the constant, like, jump, jump, the constant, yeah. like, you know, jump, jumping, like, jump cuts and, and to black, fade into black, yeah. you know, Power electronics yeah. artists would be proud of that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that was, like, a really annoying thing, too. It's like, we could have turned the sound down, but that's, like, that's not... It would have been even worse in the theater, yeah. like, having to listen, like, you know, the full... Right. I recent, That's another, just another example of, like, where My Bloody Valentine just goes overkill. Like, you think of, like, a Ennio Morricone score, who did win an Oscar last night for his work on The Hateful Eight. Um, you think of, like, a score like that, doesn't make use of, like, heavy bass notes like that. It really is more sustained... Sort of like okay. tense and. Gonna say, could you imagine the good and the bad and the ugly with like? No. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's like somebody got a trucker and just <laughs> lay on the horn. Sometimes we'll <laughs> got, we'll put got, the sound effects in later. They got, they got a Mac. They got a Mac pulled up in the parking lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Right, yeah. This time to stay it for five seconds. It's just like uh Well no, because as we were watching the credits and um for the sound design for the film they had Skywalker sound and I was like, No and you're like, No, I can see that because you, you know, know it sounds THX like, THX I know the, all the drones score. in that film sounds like they just took the THX noise and just ran it through a loop and like yeah. distorted it in different ways. I really thought like my pictures were gonna fall off the wall because the subwoofer was vibrating so much. It was just like, and your the, cat was curious. Like, like I've watched a ton of movies in five point one that are horror films, and you don't get that all the time. It's just this film in general was like relying on that stupid bass drone to to basically give you this sort of tension that you should already be getting from just watching the film. The Wait, film there? itself should be giving you that tension. Well, there is no not tension. feeling your ass vibrate from the, <laughs> from the sound effects. Looking for that hidden brown. That's 4D note. right there. 4D. <laughs> so. Suffice to say, I, you didn't like it. No, I hated it. So, we've talked about this before with our rating systems. And you said before that you don't really give under a 4, I think. Mm-hmm. Would you give under a four for this one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow! Not even a thought about that. So, uh, on a scale of zero to ten unemphatic uh, Tom Hanegers, 
who is the main character, well, sort of the main character, and the killer in this film, what would you give, what would you give my bloody Valentine 3D in 2D? 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10. Yeah. So that translates to, like, really not good. Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a very bad Just film. to, just to get a, an idea of, like, what else might be a 3 out of 10, like, what, what is another film that you can think of that would be, like, a 3 out of 10? Or somewhere around it that you've seen? Ah, uh, well, I can't think of a film off top hand, but, um, like, Zombie Alone, the anime series. I was thinking you'd say that. Uh, Gundam Seed is another one. Those are two anime series. Those are, like, two that, like, instantly jumped to mind yeah. that are, Hellsing's up there. Yeah. The original, not Ultimate. You know Ultimate's not that great either, but... So, but, well, I, but I, like, cause I mean, it's, it's kind of hard, like, like, I think, think, cause even like, as I said, like, a film like The Room, or Troll 2, is at least entertaining. They're poorly made films, but I will give them a much higher score than this film, because they're not boring. They may, and, not, and, they may and, not be technically good, and they, they really, may do nothing right, right. but they're still entertaining. And even with those films, it actually feels like they tried. With My Bloody Valentine, there's no, it really, feel, yeah, there's no effort to it. It, it feels, feels like, like it was, like, yeah, a taste job. As I said, like, I know it wasn't made by New Line Cinema, but it felt like that, or like, you know, New Line's gotta make that money-making yeah. movie. Yeah. Here's a $500,000, you better make back $20 million, so, you know... Yeah, it it definitely feels like that, and and the part of that is the three D, the three D gimmick. It's, it's like, yeah. yeah, you just were looking for places to put three D in, and and you know have that as part of your gimmick film, so so you could sell to, it to 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 fit the theme and the yeah and make a pun. This film had no heart. Oh <laughs> um, wow, you got to end it there. <laughs> uh, but no, but I mean that's I mean but it's true. Like it's just this. It feels like nobody in this that worked on this film. Yeah, that had anything to do with this film. What about Jensen Ackles, you didn't like his acting. Oh God, Tom. It's just like he's, he's known for his supernatural. Oh. His roles in supernatural. Oh. He's been on for like what thirteen years. I don't oh, fucking I know what the hell that is. Eleven years. Eleven um, season now. But. Well, I mean, there's nothing like about this film that. Yeah, that, that you can like, sticks out. Yeah, that, that's just, it's boring. It feels there's nothing to it that would make you ever watch this and be like, man, like and it's anything memorable. It's yeah. it's this is like the quintessential how not to do a remake because there's not a lot that connects this film to the original. Either. The only connection is. It's a mining town, which they even keep the fucking original Man, name yeah, of the town, nope. which is, when you think about, that's stupid, why have it set in buttfuck Michigan or wherever the hell it was, instead of Valentine's Bluffs? Yeah, it was like Harmony. Yeah, her, like, you know, you didn't have to, like, out of all the things to change, it's something you didn't have to change. Like, yeah. as corny as Valentine's Bluff is, yeah. it's a slasher film, and slasher films are kind of... Riding on tropes and stereotypes, so... And they kept the names. Most of the names are the same. You know, the names of the characters. Like oh, are they? Char yeah. Oh, Axel was one. Oh, was... And, yeah. I don't And then don't they, they also right. had that, that throwback scene with the uh, person in the washing machine. 
or the dryer. Dryer, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't really see a lot of callbacks to this. Yeah, one, so I, I must. Have but uh, yeah, other than that, there's not that much. But I, but I mean, it's and that's I think a problem with like a lot of modern slasher film. I mean, modern remakes of like classic films is like it's only kind of like a remake in name. Yeah, and there's not a lot. And of, yeah, like if they had done this in a in a different way, it, it could have been a whole different film. Valentine. Yeah. It could have like instead of being like a minor, it could have been something else. A disgruntled fucking. Because it's a place <laughs> in Michigan. Worker. No, not a postal worker, but like car, like a car, a car factory worker. Like I'm pissed off. Chevy's leaving Detroit, so water sanitation yeah. worker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so topical. So, so you know, and they could have named it something else. Yeah. But it's like, well, we'll put it in a mining town. Give them that mining gear. And we'll they call. should do that. They should do. Like a Flint, Michigan style, like water sanitation worker. Maybe that's been mutated by the well, water. That, that might be Michael Moore's next film. Yeah, because he's from that area, yeah. so he knows all about that. But so, but, but like, there's not like not a lot of like, yeah. and there's not even like a lot of throwbacks like to the old the old film that makes like 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 oh yeah that was in the old film like oh that you know reminds me no, of that no, no. you don't see the moose head you don't see the hear the Canadian accents that's what you're looking for. <laughs> You were looking for that in the remake, and I, like I said, I think that I think that's a problem. It's not like faithful enough to the original to make it. If you're a fan of the original, to like it, it does nothing new to the point where anyone new would want to like it. It is not entertaining to anyone. If you're not interested in the slasher genre, you're not gonna like this film at all. You'll be bored to tears. No, and there's and there's nothing story wise or character wise that will keep you engaged either. It's nope. all around a very and a fat and go off of that, the effects are bad, the soundtrack is bad, the fucking noise cues are overbearing, it's a perfect storm of shit. <laughs> well, there you have it, the verdict from Martin is that it's a 3 out of 10, the perfect storm of shit. Um, I think that probably wraps it up. Well, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, you I, want me to rate it now? Yeah, like, I just gave a long-winded rant about this as my... I'm sure there might be some people out there who are probably like telling me I'm a fucking idiot. Like you don't see the beauty in this masterpiece. I yeah, I'm sure there are people that actually like it uh, for whatever reason. I definitely don't. I, I would say I'd give it like a four out of ten. Um, I have seen way worse films. That maybe that's why I've seen like way worse films than my Bloody Valentine 3D. Way more boring films that are even worse. So yeah, I got to give it like a four out of ten. Um, it, like you said, it's like it's it's boring and it just there's no appealing quality. The to it hour to me. forty runtime, yeah, is it's like so yeah, da- it's so of, damning to this film. A lot of that is like spent trying to like flip flop between who the killer is when the audience really has already figured that out. So yeah, you could cut out like fifteen minutes of that like wishy washy storyline and just. I, I could probably get this film down to 80 minutes. <laughs> oh, you could? You could edit it. 80 minutes? Yeah, probably. You could, because there's, there's a lot, there's of, a like, lot of, like, ridiculous, yeah. like, a lot of, like, just character meetups and stuff that don't make any difference. You don't need the 50, and, like, because we were talking about the, um, Irene, you know, running around naked, which, by the way, we didn't even point out the fact that after she has sex with the guy and... She gets pissed off. The guy was filming her, and she's like, "I'm no whore." And the trucker goes and leaves, 
Instead of chasing, like, putting some panties or a bra and maybe, like, a shirt and pants. No, she just runs out there bare-ass naked with a gun after him. There was no time for that. She just had... No time yeah. for panties. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, it's just ridiculous. And that scene itself is, like, 15 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Like, that would they, be you, definitely... You could minutes. cut that down to, like, yeah. three minutes. Like, that should be our, our next project is just, like, let's cut down My Bloody Valentine 3D as much as possible. Let's just see, like, how much you need to actually make a film. Well, like I said, like, the scene is probably not actually 15 minutes long. It fucking feels yeah. like it, though. You could make it into she's fucking, they're done. Okay, I'm leaving. She's pissed off. She goes out to chase him real quick. Parking lot. Yeah, the cum drips out, (laughs) (laughs) and the guy gets killed. And then, and you know, yeah, can do it that quick. But but no, any of the pregnancy because it's Megan's pregnancy. Because that makes no difference. No bearing on the plot. Not of none. Does nothing. Supposed to elaborate on the characters. Supposed Uh. to like them more for it. Supposed to root for Megan because she has a. Uh, a fetus inside her. Oh. Did you? No. Did you root for her? I didn't give a Did shit. Did you want that baby to die? I didn't give a shit. Are you, are you pro-abortion? <laughs> well, it would have been something in the movie if you actually, like, stabbed her and, like, you know, rip, you know. Well, I think cut you her do up. see, like, her cut open with her guts hanging out or something. Well, if you, like, see, like, the yeah. fetus. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that would have been pretty offensive, but we do see uh, um, a dwarf lady... Uh, just like pretty much destroyed by uh oh well, no um for forget to mention also the oh, when Low Rent Dewey is on the news getting interviewed by the African American news lady and he, new people yeah, <laughs> and she's they're talking about the mur- uh Harry Warren murders from ten years ago and he's like listen I'm sick of you yeah. people you people not the right words. <laughs> Politically incorrect. <laughs> All right, I think we can wrap this up. We've effectively just dismembered My Bloody Valentine 3D. I think it eviscerates itself. Yeah, that's true. That should be its tagline. I wouldn't recommend anybody to go out of their way to watch it. I'm know. surprised Netflix hasn't picked it up just to like put it on there. Probably because they have like a ton of like shitty movies that they just put on there. <laughs> Lionsgate's probably got protection over it. Probably. They're planning that, planning that sequel. Boy, I hope I <laughs> don't want to sit through that. Um, thanks for listening to us again this week. That ends our run of My Bloody Valentine stuff. Trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Next next time we're taking on Friday the 13th remake. Are we? No, I'm just oh. kidding. No, I don't want to put you through that like two times in a row. Like through that. Afraid I'll, afraid I'll walk out of your house going, done! Yeah, you'd be like, I'm out. Welcome Black Rum Podcast. I'm done with that. Not well, doing it anymore. Going solo. I'd have to get somebody else. I can't go solo because then I, it wouldn't be as funny me talking to myself. It'd just be sad. But. Yeah, so I don't know what we want to cover next week. I really have no idea. Well, I've got. Leprechaun. I've got a ton of stuff. I actually just got some new porn. <laughs> Uh, from uh, Impulse Pictures. They sent me the uh, the Peep Show collection, volumes 14, and they're up to volume 14 and 15. So these are like old reels that they used to show in like theaters and porn shops. So they don't have any sound to them. Just... They just have like the picture. 
And so, yeah. So, and they always have like this weird sort of like storyline to them about like what's happening in them that you can piece together by watching it. So like salesman comes home and there's a woman waiting for him in the house and she's on her period or something. Yeah. So they always have something really weird. To them. <laughs> I'm not joking. That was like one of them. Cause I remember watching, I watched like one of them to review it. And is, I was is, like, is, and it's stuff like, from the seventies. Yeah. So it's probably, it's probably like, and super so like, bushy. so like, Oh, you got your period. Well, I'll have sex with you. Yeah. Just to get rid of those womenly pains yeah. you're having. Yeah, I mean, there's no audio, so you can make up a story for it if you want. But I'll, I'll, show you, I'll show you what they look. Yeah, so, like, this is one of them. Like, so, like, they always have a weird fucking storyline to, like, their their reels themselves. And, um... Special liner notes. By yeah, it comes with liner notes. And so, Impulse Pictures, which is owned by Synapse Films, who does do horror movies, they always, they send me these. For whatever reason, because they think like the moonsetworld.net, they you know they they cover porn too. So, <laughs> like I I I have like probably six of them, and I've covered one of them, and I watched the first one, and I was like, how the fuck am I going to review this? Like, what am, what do I say about this? Like, you know, yeah, he's she's taking it real good in this uh, this <laughs> reel, but you're not going to like the next one because there's you know there's period blood in that one. I don't know how to review <laughs> them. I really have no idea. <laughs> So, like, I kind of... Unless just, you're into that. Yeah, I mean, so, like, normally there's, like, six reels on it. It's, like, two hours long. They're, like, two hours long. <laughs> two hours of, like, silent reels. All you can hear is the reel. So, it's, like... <laughs> so, I was, like... And I I think I fast-forwarded through them, like, a bunch of... Like, you know, like, on top... No, like, ten times the speed. Like, how do you, you know, just sitting there by yourself watching reels of porn? I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really going to watch it by myself and... You know, the, some of the sound... You need sound. It sounds, sounds pretty nice with it, I guess. Don't, don't want to imagine it yourself? Like, no, I can't imagine the sound of myself. I gotta hear it. I gotta hear it. <laughs> but, so... Horses and bring. So, and, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm like, how do I review this? And normally, like, six reels. So, I think I just did, like, a write-up, a summary of each one. Like, oh, it's pretty nice. Right, your doggy style. It's pretty nice. You know, if this one's a foot fetish one. It plays with her feet. You know. She she puts the dick between her knees this time. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you might like this one if you're a fan of like Deep Throat. I I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. So they keep sending me to them. We could watch those. If you, we could do a podcast on those if you want. I mean, it'd be a pretty explicit one. But you know, <laughs> iTunes would give us the little e next to it. Oh, do they have that? Yeah, they do. I guess they haven't. That's the thing. They haven't tagged any of ours with an e. Maybe no one listens enough to like tag it as an e. But like. There's no E, and we're always explicit. I mean, you are... It's constantly explicit. F-bombs galore. I mean, that's like your speech dialect. Oh, I'm it's sorry. like F-bombs. No, it's not a big deal. I don't care if they give us an I'm E. S- I'm sorry I'm not as articulate as you, no, Mr. English care. major. I don't fucking care. There's an E <laughs> no. right there. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, I doubt. No, we're not going to do Well, it. I, as I, I was saying, jokingly, I mean, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, so you do, do the left... Leprechaun. I don't have them. I'm not a huge fan of Leprechaun. Is anyone? Well, they had to have been because they're up to Leprechaun what six now. I, you know, you know, probably Ice Cube's a fan. They <laughs> did like. Was he in that? Was he in Leprechaun in the hood? I. I think you might be like. Maybe I made that up. Very. <laughs> <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood really, really, really is terrible though. I mean, I imagine. Like, 
I haven't. I haven't seen. I've seen like Leprechaun one, two, and I think maybe three. What was Leprechaun in the Hood four or five? Ice T. Not Ice Cube. Ice T. I'm sorry. He took time out from his SVU uh, filming to do Leprechaun in the Hood in 2000. Yeah, 33% Rotten Mayors. They probably yeah. They only counted six reviews, and probably three of them were from like horror sites. We're like, yeah, sure, it's pretty good. (laughs) Coolio's finest moment. (laughs) The New York, no, I'm sorry, not the New York Times. New Times called it Coolio's finest moment, and it gets a fresh rating. Yeah, but sometimes Rotten Tomatoes is wrong when they pull in the actual like fresher rotten. Because, like, you can read the review, and it seems like the review is rotten, but they gave it a fresh rate. I don't know how they calculate that. But anyways, so, yeah, I don't know. Leprechaun in the Hood's really terrible, so, like, we are coming off of a pretty terrible movie. I don't know if you want to move into a terrible movie. Like, Leprechaun 1 is serviceable. Um, Leprechaun 2 is okay. And then, like, once you get from there, it just, like, goes downhill. I don't think I've ever seen Leprechaun in space. I have. I'm, I'm excited. I've only seen Leprechaun 1, 2, and I think 3. Yeah, I, never I, remember, I remember always seeing Leprechaun in the Hood at the video world as a kid. And there's and like, like Back to the Hood, too. I've never seen Yeah, and that one, too, and being like, the hell? I've seen Leprechaun in the Hood. I've never seen Back to the Hood. So, I don't know. We may, Maybe we'll be, maybe we'll do Leprechaun. <clears throat> that makes sense. We're moving into St. Patrick's Day. We could do Leprechaun. Jennifer Aniston. Why not? Pre-Friends. <laughs> yeah, I think you mean... Warwick Davis. I would say, I think you mean pre-Office Space. Yeah, pre-Office <laughs> Space with the flair. <laughs> yeah, Warwick Davis. I like which, him a lot. Oh, I, which, to bring him up, I was actually watching an episode of Idiot Broad. Love Idiot Abroad. Um, and Abroad. And it was the... Make more. It was the episode where Carl goes to... Uh, he's on the Siberian Express. Yep. Okay. And he's at yep. and he's in uh, China and he sees the little people village and he calls yes. and he calls yes. and Warwick Davis <laughs> yeah. gets so pissed yeah. off and, and, he call, and he calls he's War- like so offended. He calls Warwick up to tell him because he's yeah. like he's like hey, Ricky's got a I'm in your village. He's, he's like Ricky's got a dwarf friend that I know. I'll call him up and yeah. ask him what he thinks of it. And Warwick's like no, that's discriminatory. That's segregation. That's awful and and it's funny because Carl, being the simple-minded idiot he is, he's like, "No, I'm down here on the front lines. You don't understand. These people are happy." I know. Have you seen the the last There's, season? Of no, that? I haven't. I just started watching. Warwick Davis is in that. Yeah, I know he is. I, I know he it's is. Only I three just, episodes. I just started but... watching the second season. Yeah, that's a great show. Because I, I, I love because I, I, I love the first season, and I love the, I love the Ricky Gervais show with him and. Carl and, Carl and uh, Stephen Merchant, because I love listening, like, just, like, Ricky will pose a question, him and Steve will pose a question, and Carl will just go babbling on for 20 minutes, and, like, yeah. this hilarious I love thoughts. his accent. I love his accent. <laughs> love the Manchester accent. But, yeah, no, it's... Maybe, I love it. But maybe, maybe that's what we'll have to do, an idiot abroad review. Yeah. Like, it needs that, like, from five years ago, like, review it. Random travel series from episode from Sky. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, maybe maybe we will do Leprechaun. We'll f- see if I can get a a copy of it or something. We'll do that. Oh, so, that would make sense. It would be t- it would be timely and topical. I mean, horror, the horror films do love their uh, holiday films. I'm trying to think if there's any other like St. Patrick's Day themed horror films, and I can't really think of any. 
There's I a couple ma- of, I like... I imagine if you dig deep enough... We could do fun. the Goosebumps episode about the leper... Or, not the Goosebumps... Uh, Are You Afraid of Dark episode about the leprechaun. Well, that'd be... I really don't like that episode. I don't remember it, so... It's not really spooky or anything. It's kind of stupid. You know what I mean? Honestly, as much as I love Afraid... Are You Afraid of the Dark, there's only... What, another great Canadian show, by the way. Yep. With great Canadian accents, like... My, uh... My Bloody Valentine. As much as I love that show, there's only, like, a few episodes that I can really recall to, like, my memory. Do you remember the episode where there was the pool? Yeah, the I, yeah. That one stuck with me. That sticks with me because see, that one, you know, the monster in that. See, that one I remember. Creepy. I remember, like, the first episode with the taxi cab driver. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember the episode, and I don't remember the name or anything, but I remember it had a clown, and he would make everybody, like, have yeah, blue yeah. ooze coming out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah. I remember. That was in the first sca- season, too. That scared the like, shit out of me as a kid. Clown or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I, I remember him because I did uh not not too long maybe like a few years ago three years ago I did a, like a Are You Afraid of the Dark marathon for the blog where I did it like for thirty days I did like every you know an episode every day um so I remember it because I watched the whole first season and that was you know the first one the cab one is in that the clown one is in that do you remember the one with the basically the They Live version of like Are You Afraid of the Dark one with the glasses and they put on, I don't like, know, but I think I glasses. I know, but I, I'm trying to think. I think I also remember, like, didn't they have, like, kind of, like, a Sleepy Hollow-type episode, too? Yeah, like, probably. Like, like, like they, a horseman. Yeah, they redid, like, you know, modern-day versions of, like, horror that you, you know, for kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was a lot of them like that, but that's another option. I mean, that one we could do, the Leprechaun, or we could tie it in, because mm-hmm. it's only a half an hour, so I, you know, I don't know how much we'd actually get out of it uh, as a podcast, but... Um, yeah, we could tie them in. We could do both. Leprechaun and the, the Are You Afraid of the Dark. So maybe, maybe we'll do that. Um, not so, that long either. I think it's only like eight minutes, isn't it? Leprechaun, probably. Yeah, something like that. So we could do them both. Um, but, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, we hope that you uh, continue to tune in for Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Um, you can catch us on Facebook at, uh, you know, just type in Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We're on there. Um, t- on Twitter, it's basically just my account. So it's Ryan, at Ryan, R-Y-N-E-T-M-I-A-D-W. Um, you can tweet me there and, and let me know about Blood and Black Rum Podcast and put it in hashtags so that people can see it. Um, you should add us on um, iTunes. Subscribe to us, I mean. Um, so give us a subscribe if you can. Review us on there as well because uh, we could use some re- uh, good reviews about what you like listening to. Uh, you can send us an email on at uh, bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you want to hear covered on our uh, page and site. And you can also uh, get us on Stitcher. Um, that one automatically updates if you you know happen to use that app or whatever. You can get us there and follow us on that. And then finally, you can get us on SoundCloud where our podcast initially goes up. And um, you should uh, follow us on there and like and share our podcast episodes so that other people can see them. And uh, like I said, if you have any other suggestions for us, please let us know. Um, Let us know if you want to hear any other movies, TV shows, what have you for media. And we will definitely try to cover them uh, generally in the the niche subgenres is what we... We like, but we'll also do comedies and cult classics and anything like that. Um, 
But other than that, thank you uh, again for listening to Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We'll be back in the next week or two with a new episode, and hopefully uh, we'll cover another uh, film that you like to hear about. So thanks for listening.